Welcome to the No Dunks Podcast Series Squad, the show where we draft teams like we're the general manager, the only catch, that very specific draft pool we're working from. It's Tuesday, March 31st. Yes, this month will never end. I'm Jay Skeets here in my own personal war room, and joining us on the phones, we got Tass, we got Trey, we got Lee, and the man making the magic happen, JD. Gentlemen, how's everybody doing today? Great. Great. Crushing it. Yes. Ooh, crushing it. Ugh, I don't know about that, man. It's an exciting um, morning. Before we get into it here, a few housekeeping notes. Email us any and all of your NBA questions and comments. No dunks at theathletic.com. We'll be stepping on the beach tomorrow on Wednesday, so get your cues in. Follow us on social media, guys, Twitter and Instagram at No Dunks Inc. You know we're on Facebook at facebook.com slash No Dunks Inc. Well, I guess it's official. We're now on Facebook. And yesterday... We dropped two new pods for you. We had a film session where we broke down 2019's Uncut Gems. That movie was quite the ride. Everybody was quite high on it, though. Everyone seemed to enjoy it. Though I thought we got a great, quick little email from Patrick in Cornwall, guys. He wrote, he enjoyed the, the discussion from the movie, but he wanted to pass on why he thought the... Critics were high on it, but the fans were not, like on Rotten Tomatoes and IMDb. Like, the rating was much lower for fans. He thinks it's because people were maybe on Netflix or something like that, or wherever you watch your movies, expecting, like, another throwaway standard Sandler movie, like a comedy. (laughs) And, like, you fire it up, and then you get that stressful experience of having to watch Uncut Gems. (laughs) There might be something to that. Like, if you think it's going to be a funny stoner, you know, comedy or something, like, on a Friday night, and then you get Uncut Gems. There might be something there. I do wish he was actually playing his character for Billy Madison just 20 years in the future. <laughs> like, he finally graduated from high school, but he's become a degenerate gambler. That would make for another exciting movie. Later in the day, I spoke with Hall of Famer David Aldridge about his proposal for resetting the NBA postseason, how to engage the lottery teams in a potential tournament for the number one draft pick, and then unfortunately we got into the idea of just canceling the season altogether. Um, so I highly recommend you go check that one out. DA was uh, fantastic. He, he, Hall of Famer David Aldridge um, breaking down what his proposal would be if we can ever play basketball and really the chances of us even getting the rest of this season. So go check that one out. We got two pods up there on Monday. And finally, before we get to the draft, some big news uh, dropping late last night, sort of this morning. The most anticipated documentary maybe in ESPN history has been fast-tracked to April. Today, ESPN announced that The Last Dance which is that 10-part documentary series uh, examining Michael Jordan's final season with the Bulls in 97-98. It will air on Sunday nights over five weeks starting April 19th through to May 17th. So a few weeks from now, they've bumped it up for us. We're going to get that last dance documentary series. And plan is uh, here with No Dunks, we're going we're gonna to recap you know, basically every episode the following Monday after those air on Sunday nights. We'll break it all down. Uh, TK, you must be pumped about this news. Oh, man, I am fired up. I can't honestly wait to show my kids this documentary to be like, here's the guy that I'm always telling you about and why I actually like to root for the Bulls. And Skeets, I love that you mentioned recapping because as soon as I saw the trailers, Michael Jordan's wearing that Kangol hat, hopped on YouTube to, or uh, hopped on eBay to see how much they're going for. If you get busy now, you can get a Kangol for pretty cheap. Be ready for summertime. <laughs> how much are we talking here? I mean, I don't know how willing you are to put a used hat on your head, but if you're willing to go that deep, 16, 17 bucks for a Kangol, an authentic Kangol? Are you kidding me? Tasmella's got to be loving it. (laughs) I I don't need to pay 16 or 17 dollars. I can go up into the uh, 
the back of my closet and find it, I think. And I can wow. quick and I can quickly look like a penis. In just a matter of seconds. It's not one of those standard uh Notorious B.I.G. Kangles. It's one with like the really, really small beaks, like the tiniest beaks. Uh-huh. So it's it's more of a it's more of a dome than a hat, really. <laughs> well, I think if when we do the Survivor No Buffs podcast, we always throw on uh, you know Wendell's buff that he gave mm. us, like the Survivor contestants wear. I think it's only fair that when we start doing the Last Dance recaps, Tass, you have to wear the Kangles. Oh yeah, I'd blast <laughs> it for sure. Yeah. Okay. So yeah, that's uh, that's exciting news that we'll have that um, starting, like I said, April 19th, and it will go through five weeks, and we'll be recapping them here on No Dunks. All right, so let's get into today's particular squad, uh, the draft theme, and this comes from No Dunks fan Bryn, uh, Bryn with like eight eyes in his name, Bryn, who suggested <laughs> we draft an all-sitcom team. Okay, so we loved this idea, and you guys, you got, you guys sent in some great ideas. We've got other ones banked here that we're working on, um, so keep them coming. If you've got a squat idea that you think would work, send it in, nodunksattheathletic.com. But Bryn was great because he included some potential categories, because as he wrote in his email, every sitcom sort of has a basic makeup to it. A lot of his suggestions were on point. We did tweak a few of them, but here we go. We got five different categories to draft our all-sitcom squad. First one. In the first round, we're going to be drafting a lead character. Okay, pretty straightforward. But there are two rules to this. One, your lead character has to have previously been a lead actor of a sitcom. Like, you can't go drafting uh, Brad Pitt or Oprah or something like that. You know, <laughs> someone that's someone that's never done that lead character role in a sitcom. Two, you can't take a secondary character from a show and then make them your lead. Okay, so this is obviously up for debate in some in some cases. Like, uh, is Steve Urkel a secondary character on Family Matters, or is he actually the lead of Family Matters? So we can debate that if we have to cross that bridge. But the idea is, you couldn't take um, you couldn't take Kramer and make him your lead character. He's right. he's not that. Okay, does everybody that make sense? Yep. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Um, you know, so again, some shows have multiple leads, and like Friends is a perfect example. So w- if we get to those, we'll get to those. In the second round, we'll be drafting what we're calling the quirky friend, the quirky sidekick. Same rules apply to this one as the first round. So, you know, you can't take a lead character from a sitcom and then make them your secondary quirky friend. They've got to be that type of role. In the third round, we'll be drafting the set slash location of your hypothetical sitcom. So this is a really important category, I think, when it comes to sitcoms, because a sitcom uh, set is almost like a character in of itself. We decided late last night, we jumped on Slack, uh, (laughs) that you do get sort of all the soundstage sets from the show you draft. So you don't have to to pick a particular room um, from just a sitcom. If you draft that room, you get all of the other sets. So, you know, if you wanted the living room from Fresh Prince, well, you get the whole you get the whole mansion. You, you get all the rooms you've seen on the sitcom. In the fourth round, we'll be drafting an NBA player cameo. So which NBA star, I think current or retired, um, do you want swinging by your sitcom for a little ratings boost? And in our fifth and final round, we'll each draft a sitcom pet. Again, this is an animal that must have appeared on an actual sitcom before. And I'm going to nip this right in the bud right now. Elf 
is not a pet. Okay? <laughs> Elf tried to eat the house pets. He tried to eat the cats. Elf so was is he a lead, a lead character. character then? Yeah. Yes, absolutely. Right. Yeah, I absolutely. mean, if the show is named after you, I think that means you're <laughs> yeah. a lead character. <laughs> Alf? Yes. Are we talking about Alf? Yes. Yeah. Okay, okay. Just confirming. <laughs> One more important rule to this edition of Squad. This is, listen up here. Once your team has drafted a particular like actor or set or pet from a show, you can then no longer continue to select things from that sitcom. Okay, so you mm. you could draft Jerry Seinfeld as your lead character, but then you can't turn around and draft Kramer, let's say, or Monk's Cafe. Like you couldn't take something else from that sitcom. Like once you've grabbed a piece from a particular sitcom, that's it. No other categories for you. Everybody else can pick from it still, but not you. Okay. Makes sense. Got it. Okay. So there's no doubling or tripling up, you know, with your squad from just one show. You can't just build Seinfeld again, is what I'm getting at. <laughs> or something like that. Um, I do have one question for you guys, because we didn't really go over this. What is the ruling on the same actual person being drafted twice? Like, can Julia Lewis-Dreyfus <laughs> be selected for both Elaine and Selena? From Veep, like what are we doing? There? Of course, of, of course, course she can. So. Yeah. Okay. okay. She can't be Bizarro. Elaine can't be drafted. <laughs> yes. No. Okay. Okay. So that's that's fair though, because there's a couple instances where that could come yeah, up. So course, the same yeah. actual human can be drafted twice. We're... I'm just looking forward to seeing if Joey Tribbiani gets drafted as a main character from Joey, and then a quirky friend from Friends. Wow. That could happen. Wow. Exciting. Uh, my two Joeys. There's the name of your sitcom. <laughs> um, all right. As always, each and every one of us will get a crack at the number one pick in one of the five rounds. So draft hard, guys. you got to discuss your selections. Feel free to make trades. We haven't had a trade in a while. And remember that the listeners will ultimately decide who has done the best job. We determined the draft order yesterday. And JD, you won the first overall pick in the lead character category. <laughs> How exciting. Uh, <laughs> this is, uh, you know, all of these categories are stacked. Um, but this one in particular was tough for me. But ultimately, I'm going with, uh, I'll just read a little bit of his bio here. Uh, he is a philosopher to rival Descartes, a dancer to rival MC Hammer, a true Renaissance man with an acute <laughs> grasp of political correctness, He's a former regional manager based out oh. of the Slough office at Warnham Hog. It's David Brent. Oh, wow. wow. Great nice choice. Yeah, One of great the greatest choice. comedic characters of all time. Ricky Gervais is perfect in the role. Uh, and just to have him as part of the production would be great. You know, he's going to get into improving some lines and he'll probably write and direct some episodes. So I'm thrilled to have David Brent on my team. Uh, okay, I don't, I don't think we have a repeat of the quinoa selection that I had first overall. <laughs> I, I, uh, there's no debating that. It was on my list, too. I was taking him if it ever got down to me uh, where I'm drafting. All right, David Brent. Strong start here to the all-sitcom squad. Tass, you're up next with the second pick. What a blessing to be able to go second in this category. I'm very excited. And with the second pick, I'm taking Joey. Not from Friends. No, not from Joey, but from Episodes. I'm, ki I'm kidding. Uh, with the second overall pick, I am taking... I'm taking uh, another man who's basically going to write the show. 
This was a little difficult. Had some options here, but I'm going with Larry David mm, as my star. Nice one. Yeah, I, th- I think he'll take care of business in each and every way. Larry David fits all those uh, all those descriptors. You you could just read the same descriptor for me, <laughs> JD. Uh, I don't think this is a Greg Oden, Kevin Durant scenario, but uh, I feel very, very happy with my second overall pick, Larry David. Yeah, this feels more like a Zion John Morant uh, one two here. Um, <laughs> I, I think I have I think I have the slight upper hand. Um, so I'm not sure if I disagree, but okay, that's wow. fine. Yeah, yours might be funnier. Yours, yours might be funnier, but I think I have a little bit more range with Larry D. And we'll see how that that affects my number one pick in the quirky character department because I've got the quirky character number one pick. So I'm thinking yeah. already of my combos a little oh, bit yeah. later on. Oh, is, is Taz going to do a Larry David George Costanza one too? Like oh, the basically the same oh, I don't guy? know. I oh my know. goodness. That would be crazy. Okay, so yeah, those uh, I had both those guys on my list, so not a shock to me at least that they're gone. Uh, Lee, you have the third pick here in the lead character category. Well, I can't believe my character is still on the board. Uh, With the third pick in the lead character category of the sitcom draft, I'm going with a pioneer. She was the first and still the best cougar to have ever graced our screen. She's a mother of six and she's the southern belle from the Golden Girls, Blanche Devereaux. Come on, (laughs) (laughs) Wow! Blanche, I guess yeah, she's a uh, lead. Yeah. I mean, that's good enough for me. She's oh, she is. Lead. I, yeah, I, yeah. I think uh, all four of them are the lead yeah. in, in that. It's a, yeah. you know, it's a bit like a friends thing. So, uh, but I'm just so thrilled to have Blanche leading off. Uh, this is going to be great. She was oh, just the funniest. She was the best, and uh, she's great. And you know, she adds a bit of spice to the show too already. So, feeling pretty be, happy with that. Be pick. honest, Lily. Uh, Blanche, yeah. did you find her sexy when you were a bit younger? Oh. Absolutely. Oh, I went yeah. down a rabbit hole last night of uh, of Golden Girls clips. I was laughing and laughing and laughing. You Jesus, were crushing it, a... were you? <laughs> <laughs> I'm pretty close to it. I tell you what, she's the perfect mix of babe and funny chick. It's just great. So um, I love Blanche. Happy to have her on my team. Oh, my goodness. Okay. What a, a bit pick. of a... Bit of a wild card pick uh, there from Lily in the third slot. Uh, Trey, you're up next. Fourth pick, lead character. With the fourth pick of the all sitcom draft in the lead character category, she was my pen pal in the quarantine draft. I'm taking Julia Louis Dreyfus as Selena mm, Meyer. Nice. Yeah, okay. There she's to gone me, once. The funniest actor in television for the past 30 years. I know you guys love your Davids, Brent and Larry. But I'll take Julia over both of them. She's going to be the star of my show, just yelling at people, cursing. She was a president and a vice president in the show. I'm not sure what kind of role she's going to end up playing in my sitcom, but I just love her delivery. I love uh, her general uh, just just humor. I just think she's a very funny, very funny woman, very smart, and uh, yeah, very happy. JLD was my number one choice. Didn't really think any of you guys were going to take her. I thought once Lee said she, I thought she was going to come up. But I was happy she fell to four. She was yeah, definitely on my I, list. I considered it. She she could be in a remake of the Golden Girls in probably ten or fifteen years' time. I think <laughs> she'd make Very a nice. great cougar. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I I uh, I mean, nice pick, a strong pick. Um, I I struggled with her like where I would rank her because I haven't watched a ton of Veep, and I know that's just straight up wrong because it sounds like it's a hilarious show. I've seen pieces of it, um, but I've never like watch season after season uh are you have you never missed one 
TK? Oh, yeah. I watched every yeah. single episode, for sure, from the start. Uh, the writer of the show did, like, a great British sitcom as well. Um, so I was a little... I was just ready to be into it once it came out. And then, you know, starring JLD, it was made for me. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, I, I, hope, have... I hope you pick JYD with your NBA player camera. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, so I have the final pick in the lead character category. I actually I actually turned to my buddy Joel for some guidance in uh, drafting here today's show. Uh, he, uh, he knows a lot of sitcoms, so I sort of brought him onto my staff as a bit of a scout. Um, he wrote me back a detailed email uh, breaking down each category. And this is what he wrote for this one. He says, My thought process when it came to drafting a lead character is that we're looking for someone who personified their show. Gee, thanks, Joel, for that insight. Uh, yeah, that's what we're definitely going for here, buddy. Uh, no, I'm just kidding. He, uh, he was quite helpful. Uh, lots left out there, but I'm actually a little a little concerned who to pick because I've got one guy in mind, but I'm thinking, do I want to get like a secondary character or something else from his show later on? And it's like if I take, you know, if I take him, then I... I'm forced to not be able to take anything else from that show, but mm. screw it. I want a bit of a straight man as my lead character. I like everything else um, around my lead guy being the craziness, be it the quirky character and the set and the storyline and plot and all that and pets even. So give me from Arrested Development, Michael Bluth. Nice. Yeah. Good give me Jason Bateman. And I get some star power there too. Um, I was thinking Sam Malone from Cheers and Will Smith from Fresh Prince, but I want. I like. I love a straight man as a lead. So Michael Bluth <laughs> is uh, is is off the board there. And Arrested Development nice. for me is now off the board. I can't take anything else from that show. Uh, Ooh, that might mm. hurt. That might hurt. That might hurt. Okay, to the second round. Quirky friend, Tass, you got the first pick. Ooh, for the quirky friend, number one overall pick. I'm going classic. I'm going Kramer to team up. With Larry David. Now, wow. Larry, I think, has the ability to let his partner shine, and he's going to have to get out of the way for Kramer. And uh, it's going to be a crazy show with Larry and Kramer teaming up at the top of the docket here. Um, but I'm also taking into account my NBA cameo a little bit later on. Um, mm. Because for, mm. the, for the team up, I, I need somebody... Um, well, I'll get to that later. I won't say anything at this point. I think Kramer and Larry should make for a good combo. Am I recreating Seinfeld in a way? Maybe. Uh, but no, I'm not. I'm not. Uh, Larry Larry and Kramer can uh, can make this happen. And I can't wait to put them on my set that I've already selected in my brain that I hope I get with my number five pick in the set department. Wow, this is fun. Larry and Kramer. Here we go. Yeah, there's a lot more, like, it feels like with this squad than previous squad episodes, a lot more of, like, trying to think a couple rounds ahead. And like you said, Tass, like, putting it all together. I feel like in other ones it was just, like, whatever in that particular round because they didn't really have to mesh all that much. This one, this one matters. Like, who, yeah. the characters you're putting together, where they are, sort of then what leads into your storyline. Yeah. There's a... Like you said, when you have quinoa, what else do you need? Yeah, right. 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 You don't different. need anything. You don't need yeah, anything. You, exactly. win, you win squad immediately as soon as you draft quinoa. <laughs> All right. So the second pick in the quirky friend category goes to Lily. With the second pick in the quirky friend category, I'm going with a guy who personifies quirkiness. It's Larry David's house guest slash sidekick, Leon Black from Kirby Enthusiasm. <laughs> yeah, that's great. I mean, great. 
he's kind of morphed into a, a main character. Um, so I thought maybe there'll be some pushback on this, but really he's he is just a. I mean, he came in. I think it was season six that he came in. And he's just grown into such a role that he's, you know, he's probably overtaken, you know, quirky character into main. But I think he's just so perfect in that role <laughs> next to Larry David there. So Leon Black joins Blanche Devereaux. On oh, the I know. I actually really, you've got something there. You have got some, a strong start one, two there with Blanche and Leon. I'm already like wanting to watch that show. So, all right. Good pick there, Lee. Uh, Trey, you have the third pick in Quirky Friend. With the third pick in the quirky friend round of the all-sitcom draft, I'm actually drafting a mother, Jessica Walter, as Lucille Bluth in Arrested Development. (laughs) Okay. She will be the mother to Selena Meyer when they get together in my sitcom, the two of them just trading nasty barbs to each other, just basically insulting each other about, I don't know, failed marriages and kids who are a disaster, things of this nature. I just like the the tension of two uh, strong women just honestly zinging and talking trash to each other for 30 minutes at a time. Yeah, I just remembered, too, that JLD was on uh, Arrested Development as another That's character. True. I'd totally had forgotten about that until you said that. Okay, yeah, I like that. You're really, uh, again, building your story already here with your characters. Got the mother role from Lucille Booth. She was so funny. I gotta rewatch Arrested Development. I know that show totally falls off like in the later seasons, but those first two years are so damn funny. All right. Oh yeah, it's it's incredible. It's a, it'll be a funny mix those two. But you're right, Skeets. You got to have these contingencies. Like as soon as you get your first draft pick, you're wondering who who's coming next and where are we gonna be. Only time will tell. All right, I have the fourth pick in the quirky friend category. Some good ones off the board there. Though I could go that route. Um, yeah, I will select uh, for my quirky friend. I won't overthink it. I'll take Elaine from Seinfeld. So, Julia Lewis-Dreyfus, twice selected here wow. already Big time. in the all-sitcom squad. Yeah, I am pairing Elaine with Michael Bluth. We know it works. We saw it on Arrested Development. We know that mm-hmm. dynamic can work. Will she be blind once again? I'm not sure. Um, so, yes, I've got Elaine. All right, JD, you got the final pick here. All right, with the final pick in the quirky friend, it's funny because uh, I also had Lucille Bluth on my list, and I actually also had uh, Mallory Archer played by Jessica Walters, or Walter, I should say, uh, as well. But I'm going with an under-the-radar pick. I'm going with Joe Carmichael from The Carmichael Show, played Mm. by David Allen Greer, who is never not funny. and this was a great supporting character on an awesome uh, sitcom, probably the best American sitcom since Seinfeld. Uh, it lasted for, I think, two seasons, uh, and he was great on it. So David Alan Greer's character, Joe Carmichael from The Carmichael Show. You love David Alan Greer. I love David Alan Greer so much. <laughs> All right. I, lo- I-, I loved him until he talked trash to me on Twitter once. Did he? Time. What's yeah. that story? Um, well, I noted earlier on this season that the U- NBA's YouTube page was putting together editing the the best ten minutes from games, just for people out there, just just in case you know, if you want a quick ten minute uh, synopsis of the game, jump over there. And he goes on to me on Twitter. Uh, yeah, they've been doing that forever, man. Well, they've only been doing it since last season. 
All right, David Allen Greer. Uh, <laughs> snap. A snap. Snap. And I'm just reminding people, not everybody is on it as on it as David Allen Greer is. Yeah. Uh, but uh, listen, I still love him. I loved him since in Living Color, so we're yeah, cool. Yeah, he's great. Maybe he's also, yeah, you're right, because you were pointing out, hey, the NBA officially is doing this. Maybe he's, like, all worked up because he's, like, people on yeah. YouTube have been doing this for years. Yeah. I think I think you're yeah. right about that, Skeets. Yeah. Hey, you should okay. feel honored that he interacted 100%. With you. 100%. I mean, I was gushing as I was telling that story. <laughs> does he... Does he follow you, or did he just find just? Well, oh, oh, damn right. Yeah, is nice. that even a question? Wow, I mean, that's yeah, amazing. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, he, yeah. I think he follows a lot of people. Wow. All right, yeah, doesn't follow me. Oh, yeah. Well, he not will now, yet, JD. Yeah, he will now once he kn- once he knows you drafted him. Um, all right, third round, third category. This is the very important, as I said, set slash location category. Lee, you have the first pick. So with Blanche and Leon as my two uh, first characters that I've picked, there's going to be a lot of storylines based around dating and funny stories with dating. So I need a big city. Mm-hmm. And with the first pick of the set location category, I'm going with the Seinfeld set. Okay, okay. so it's okay. set in New York City. You get Jerry's yep. apartment. You get the Monk's restaurant there or cafe. You get Kramer's apartment. You know, some sort of comedy club, I guess, you as well can get, yep. you know. Yep. Um, the soup kitchen, Jerry's parents' apartment in Florida. Did you get that as well as, a, yeah, as an sure, extra? I don't sure. know. So, uh, yeah, that's where I'm going with the, with the big city, lots of different apartments. Again, they, these people are going to be dating lots of quirky people in New York City. I think this is a great location for my, uh, my sitcom. Right now, do you see them living together or like across the hall from each other, like Jerry and yeah, Kramer? More, like certainly more like a Kramer and uh, and Seinfeld set up there. I don't okay. think Blanche and Leon are going to be ever, ever dating each other, but they're going to be exchanging Ooh. exchanging weird stories about who they're dating with, and there might be a little bit of crossover between their dating partners, but uh, but not between each other. I don't think. Oh, well, Blanche is going to want to date him. He's part of the Big Johnson Club. <laughs> <That's right>. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, so you got yeah, so Seinfeld, uh, New York City, like all the sets, uh, including yes. Seinfeld, are off the board. You're getting that yep. iconic apartment there for sure. That's where I'm sure most of the most of your sitcoms going to take place. All right, great first selection, uh, Trey. You're up next. Before I make my pick, I need to speak with the commissioner real quick here. <laughs> In the fourth round, we'll be drafting an NBA player cameo. Does that cameo have to have taken place actually on a show? Am I, or am I talking about an NBA player who has been on a show? Because this is going to majorly affect. I got the first pick in the NBA player cameo, and I don't want to. I don't want to burn my show by picking that location. Do you understand what I'm saying? Oh, I see. Right, okay, right. I I guess in my head, and you guys can tell me if uh, you were thinking otherwise. I didn't for this one think that the player had to have appeared on a sitcom before. I don't Excellent. know why. So any player. Yeah, but what? But is everybody cool with that? I'm fine with it. I uh, never occurred to me that it would have yeah, to be on a. I don't know why. Show. I didn't even think of that. But uh, okay, so yeah, that that category is open. They don't have to have ever appeared on a sitcom before. Excellent. My set will be party down. I want a catering business because they travel every episode. They're in a new place, catering a new meal. Maybe it's inside. Maybe it's a banquet outside. Maybe it's a fancy gala. They're going everywhere. There's new people in every single episode. The only thing that remains the same is the catering crew that goes in. So I think this has now morphed into a business, a family business where Jessica and Julia are running a catering business, traveling all around Los Angeles, providing food for people and getting into spats uh, wherever they go. Uh, I don't know if anybody watched Party Down. It was only two seasons on Stars, but oh man, what a banger. 
I was just going to ask you, I've never seen a single episode. I've heard of it, but I had no idea that was sort of the premise of the show. They were a catering company. Yeah, I thought it was a reality show. No, <laughs> they are that. all failed or struggling actors who are trying to make it in L.A. who have to take catering jobs on the side and, you know, they're therefore go to all these different places. Hmm. Wow. Okay. It's a good Dude, one. Uh, I didn't know that. Yeah, great pick. Um, I have the third pick here in the set location category. Uh, before I make my pick, I wanted to show a little love because, again, my buddy Joel helped me out. He wanted me to just note that, and it's not my selection, that the Foreman House from that 70s show mm. is a great set, uh, great location, because apparently, according to Joel, somebody's got to fact check this, you see every room and area sort of in and of the Foreman House at least once over the eight seasons of that 70s show. And... That's pretty rare. Like even like a show like Fresh Prince, like the Fresh Prince Manson, Mansion, you, you know, you see a lot of the rooms, but there are rooms you never see. Like we never see Jeffrey's room, I don't think, or like even Hillary's room and stuff like that. Hmm. So yeah, I don't little... think you see upstairs at all. With Fresh Prince, yeah, you yeah. were in um, you were in uh, some of their bedrooms. Oh yeah, sometimes. we were in the bedroom. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, so I guess the '70s show, that '70s show, you see every part of the house, which is. Hmm. Uh, Pretty cool. Anyway, I'm not taking it, um, though I wanted to get that in there. I am going to take, and it's a big part of my plot, sort of, or my story. I'm going to draft with the third pick here, Saved by the Bell. So I want, I'm going to be, obviously it's going to be happening in Bayside, in the high school, in the classrooms, in the hallways. I get the Max Diner, which is huge too, uh, with those weird neon signs and weird shapes and got the arcade games. And I also get the uh, Malibu Sands Beach Club. So there's, that's going to be a big part. It'll probably be another season down the line that they'll get there, just like Saved by the Bell. So Saved by the Bell I'm going with. Bayside, baby. Go Tigers. All right, fourth pick, JD. With the fourth pick, I am going a little old school here. I am taking the set from the 1970s, late 1970s comedy Barney Miller. It's the 12th Precinct. <laughs> detective squad room in Greenwich Village at New York City and that's it there's the squad room there's a jail cell in the corner and then you have the captain's office and that's it that that show never left that set it did wow. maybe once a season and when it did it was you know in an apartment them doing a stakeout looking out the window the whole episode <laughs> sounds like you're doing this to almost put your like to put yourself like box yourself in creatively. That's in a exactly good episode right. As a bottle episode. That's exactly right. Mm. It's uh, it's we've been watching a lot of uh, Brooklyn Nine Nine. The kids yeah. love it. It's a it's a pretty good show. I mean, I, I I like it. But the thing I can't stand about it is all the Hollywood cop stuff, all the action and stuff, and all the takedowns that they do. In Barney Miller, all that stuff happens off screen. It's just them bringing the uh, the the witnesses or the the suspects in, and everything happens within that squad room, and that's one of the things I love about it. So that's what's going to happen on my show. Okay. Okay. Excellent. Yeah, he's, he's painting a picture here. All right. Uh, I think Tass, you're the only one left here. You got the fifth pick here in set location. With the fifth pick in set location, I am taking the set 
from Married with Children. Mm. Oh, and a similar vein. There's only a couple sets on Married with Children. The main yep. home. It's basically the main room and the shoe store where Al Bundy worked. <laughs> yep. And I can see Larry David and Kramer operating a terrible, a terribly run shoe store. Um, but I think that's where my NBA cameo is going to come in and solidify oh. things. But Larry David and Kramer in that dynamic, putting on people's shoes, getting down on one knee, having trouble <laughs> with both men and women who come in with stinky and problematic feet, uh, I think sets up, sets up some, some good humor for me. So married with children in the vein of Al Bundy and fam. You're really wow. dipping into your background as a shoe salesman. Oh, yeah. yeah. No doubt. I'm always carrying a rolled up pair of socks in my pocket, uh, ready to throw them on someone just, just in case they're ready to try on some new footwear. That's slick thinking, though, because, yeah, you're like you're you're taking, like you said, the married with children house where they are a lot of the time. But you are in a smooth way, like picking almost a secondary set. I mean, they were at the shoe store enough, no doubt, in that show. But uh, mainly it's in like the kitchen, living room and garage, maybe. But wow, next level mm-hmm. thinking here. Yeah. And the, the uh, take down your story. I love it. I love this. OK, fourth round here. We are drafting an NBA player cameo. Trey, you got the first pick. With the first pick in the NBA player cameo category, I'm drafting Blake Griffin. I assume he still has a house in Los Angeles, so it's conceivable that he could cater a party. Um, perhaps J&J Catering is who he hires. They show up. Uh, both Selena and Lucille are there, and they are vying for the affections of Blake Griffin. He was really funny on Broad City uh, in a sexual role, if you will, uh, and he's got some uh, experience in the Hollywood world in that realm, so I'm confident he'll be able to hang with a script. I'd love to see Blake Griffin uh, in a comedic role in my sitcom. Great pick. It's a really good pick. He's got some real comedic chops as well. Yeah, he's very funny. That helps. All right, I have the next pick here in NBA player cameo. And I will be selecting someone else uh, I'm pretty confident is a pretty funny guy and would uh, be able to handle his own uh, with my actual actors. That is big man Boban Marjanovic. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he is, this is perfect that I got saved by the bell because I also, because I'm in a high school, I can have the angle of sports teams, I can have a basketball team, and... There is no doubt we're writing Boban coming in as, uh, you know, the the opposing high school just got a new foreign exchange student or something, and it's going to be Boban taking on these, you know, 16-year-old kids, 17-year-old kids. So <laughs> it writes itself. He's very funny, um, and uh, he's obviously just he's, he's must-watch television. So Boban, I'm taking the, the friendly giant there. He is in as the second pick. J.D., you're up next. <laughs> Well, with the third pick of the NBA cameo category, we were talking about uncut gems yesterday, and I was intrigued to read that Amari Stoudemire was the original player uh, that was going to be featured uh, instead of KG. Um, So I'm picking Amari, and he, uh, since we're in New York, I would like to see him as as himself, retired NBA player, but is now... uh, a jewel dealer in the Diamond District in New York City. 
and that's what that's 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 his uh, that's what he will be playing on. My wow. Show. Okay. Very specific. I like it. I think he was on um, the Mindy Project forever ago when that first launched. He was uh, on an early episode of that, like stealing a pashmina. So he's got the chops. Yeah, he's a, he's a funny guy. We've we interviewed him once, I think, uh, and uh, he's just a charismatic dude. And he he too has some chops that I think uh, uh, would would play well. All right. Amari off the board. Tassie of the fourth pick in NBA player cameo. With the fourth pick, I'm probably going somewhere uh, people don't expect. I've got enough quirkiness with my leads and Larry <laughs> David and Kramer. Uh, I, I need somebody a little bit drier. Uh, and as far as their personality, I need someone who's a little solid, unwavering, stable. Somebody who's going to make that shoe store sing. So I'm going with Malcolm Brogdon, um, who's a, <laughs> a brilliant man. We've also had him on the show. I, I do believe he has comedic timing as well. I, I, he's got two degrees, uh, and I'm sure he can make this, this shoe store a profitable one. I, I think he's going to be more than a cameo. I think he will probably adopt a, a back room even if we don't see it at the shoe store i think it's going to be his little cove back there where he makes that that shoe store happen and uh you know he's going to do great things with the money like he is right now making sure people have clean water in africa to drink uh he's a great man and uh he's going to join my cast probably on a, a he, you know it's like what's when you see in the credits uh where you see like guest appearance by malcolm brogdon mm. but he's really on the show like 99 percent of the time <laughs> oh, so wow. so i think he's going to be on there a lot okay brogdon now you did, did not see that coming lee you have the final pick here in the nba player cameo category with the fifth pick in the nba player cameo category i'm going with a guy who's going to have to be able to tolerate and withstand the craziness of blanche and leon and because we're based in New York City, he's actually going to be playing for the Knicks or the Nets. doesn't really matter. In fact, he did play uh, for the Nets. I'm going with Dikembe. <laughs> <laughs> oh, this is good. <laughs> <laughs> because, you know, living living around uh, and being in the life of Blanche and Leon would be kind of crazy and hectic. But I think Dikembe would actually love to hear some of their stories and their goofiness and we also know Dikembe had a great funny story apparently of one uh, one time he walked into a club and said who wants to sex with a tomboy <laughs> so you know he'd have a few uh, he'd have a few funny dating stories and uh, and storylines to go along with it so we're you're definitely gonna have to have closed captioning on if Matumbo <laughs> is your player camera sometimes very difficult to hear those lower bases uh, okay wow you have quite quite the team going right now Lee I gotta, I gotta give it up to you. All right, we have one more round, so let's uh, finish this off. It is the sitcom pet category, and I have the first pick. I only had two to pick from. Honestly, I'm taking a dog. It was down to Eddie from Frasier or Buck from Married with Children, and I am gonna take. I'm gonna take Buck as much as I loved Eddie, um, whose real name was Moose, by the way. That cute little Jack Russell Terrier's real name was Moose, uh, Eddie was. But Gimme Buck from Married with Children, that the French sheepdog. I had forgotten um, just how funny he actually was as a character because you could hear what he was thinking, like how he was talking. Of course, the Bundys couldn't hear it, um, but we as the audience could. And he was often just like insulting Al Bundy and all the Bundys. And he also was just... 
he's such a horn dog. He was always wanting to have sex with the neighbor's dogs and stuff like that. So I think he could be a very funny uh, addition to my sitcom. I especially see him uh, in my Save by the Bell sort of setting. He's like probably the mascot, um, but hates everybody, and we're hearing his takes on everybody and within the school. So Buck from Married with Children is my uh, my pet, my dog selection here in this final category. JD, you're up next. Well, they say never work with animals or children. Uh, so I do not want an animal on my show. Uh, but I have to pick something. And uh, so I am going with... Uh, this is more of an animal, I guess. Uh, this is many animals. It's the uh, the Les Nesman's turkeys that he released out of the helicopter in WKRP in Cincinnati, and they all plummeted to their deaths. Uh, so I'm picking the D- WKRP turkeys. That die. The, yeah, they die. They die. It'll be the first episode. <laughs> You're going to write them out immediately, eh? Well, yep. i got to have pets. I'm only having them for one episode. <laughs> <laughs> Perfect. Oh, I used to love that show, <laughs> WKRP. It's just, oh, that's a good one. Um, I will say, like, in doing research for this, I was like, wow, one, there are a lot of sitcoms, and holy crap, <laughs> have I not seen so many of them. Um, I don't yeah. know if you guys felt the same way, too. I f- and then, like, in my, like, heading into the research, I was like, I felt like I had watched a lot of sitcoms growing up, and even, you know, even now, and it's just like you start seeing the list, and you're like, nope, nope. Nope, never heard of that one. Never seen that one. Didn't even know that existed. Like, there's just a lot of sitcoms out there. Yeah, it's a lot uh, like books. A lot of them. A lot of them. A lot of them. Man. But in just in this show alone, I've never seen Saved by the Bell, Married with Children, The Golden Girls. What? Yeah. Wow. Okay. That's. Yeah, I'm trying to think what you guys have selected. I like I said, I've only seen a few handful episodes, a couple of handful episodes of uh, of Veep. Mm-hmm. Um, I think I've seen everything else everybody has said, but. Uh, did you ever watch Frasier? Me? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, I love that. Okay. Yeah. okay. Uh, can't believe you didn't take Eddie then. You're not a big fan of Eddie? Uh, I just don't want to have a dog. Yeah. And it's, it's set in a police station, so... And I've sort of really boxed myself in there, so uh, there's no real room for No one animals. can take the dog out to take a dump, <laughs> dump in the corner every year. If there was a, if there was a sitcom parrot or something that I could just put in the corner that was wisecracking all the time, mm. maybe. But it does, doesn't exist. I don't think. Yeah. What about the uh, What about the duck from Friends? Ooh. Uh, yeah, Friends is another show I never watched. Sorry. <laughs> Okay, you got the turkeys. You got the turkeys. All right, Taz, you have the third pick in the uh, pet category. Oh, all this talk about Eddie makes me want Eddie. So give me, (laughs) give me Eddie. God rest his soul. He passed away in two thousand six. Sixteen-year-old Moose, as you said, Skeets. That's his actual name. His name was (laughs) Moose. Uh, But I, I feel like Eddie can can turn on those puppy dog eyes when I need them and can look into Kramer's eyes or Larry David's eyes and, and turn a turn a, an episode right quick. But I also, I'm, I'm like JD. I don't want him around a lot. I think he will be offset a lot. Um, <laughs> but, um, you know, I can bring him in whenever I want. So um, what was key to me here is I wanted a little dog uh, for, the, for the little dog effect. And Eddie... He's got a little bit larger as the years went on, but uh, still. <laughs> we all? Ouch. <laughs> uh, no, I, I mean, I don't know if he started as a pup on this show, but he's a Jack Russell Terrier. And um, 
Eddie Crane grew to be 17 pounds. I'm just guessing by looking at him here. Um, but anyway, he'll, he's joined your turkeys in, in, in pet heaven, JD. But uh, I'm bringing him back to life. Eddie yeah. joining Larry David Kramer on the Married with Children set. God, Why did they rename him? Like, wouldn't that be super confusing for a dog? Yeah, it is weird. <laughs> yeah, no, he's a pretty uh, smart dog. That uh, that moose. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> yeah absolutely. He was a uh, honestly. He's a uh, he's a scene stealer. He's incredible in Frasier, and uh, and and without really just one, just a simple look. He just this timing impeccable. This kid. I think it all. inspired a lot of people to get a Jack Russell Terrier, and they, the people that did, were sort of used to seeing Eddie on screen and this whip smart, awesome dog. And Jack Russells are very smart, but God, they need a lot of running right. and work. And they're they're kind of a nightmare dog, especially for people who live in a small apartment. So I think a lot of people were tricked into getting Jack Russells. Well, Doctor Fraser Crane had a huge apartment, so that was that's a true too. Yeah, that thing was my had a massive. grand piano. Yeah, that thing was so <laughs> wide open, so huge. Uh, okay, so I like I'm happy to see Eddie get selected personally. Uh, so Task gets in there as the third pick. <laughs> Ali, you have the fourth pick in the pet category. With the fourth pick in the pet category, I'm going with an animal that appeared in this sitcom's very first show and is still appearing today. So this dog is 31 human years old, believe it or not, and still looks the same as it did in that first episode. Because I'm going with Santa's little helper from The Simpsons. Oh, an animated character. I was wondering if that was going to happen. I mean, he was basically uh, abandoned at the racetrack when Homer put all his money on him and lost it. But the owner of Santa's little helper then basically just says, get out of here. I don't want you. You keep losing. And the dog goes running into Homer's arms and Homer doesn't want to keep it. And then, uh, then Santa's little helper licks him and Homer's sold on the spot there. So... They lose all their money, but they get a dog for Christmas, and it's Santa's little helper. And uh, yeah, he's still on the show today. So, so, so what are we gonna have with your sitcom? Is it gonna be like uh, Who Framed Roger Rabbit here? <laughs> like you're gonna have humans with you know animated yeah, uh, characters? Look, that's something for the uh, production team and the editing team to come up with how they're gonna p- put it all together. <laughs> but uh, I'm just giving them. The- <laughs> you just added millions of dollars to your production. <laughs> yeah. It's all right. It's all right. It's gonna be a hit, or it's gonna be around for a long time. This sitcom. So. <laughs> <laughs> okay, yeah. Santa's little helper from The Simpsons, uh, selected by Lee. Trey of the final pick here in the uh, really the all sitcom squad. What are you going? Well, this is the Mister Irrelevant draft pick, and I'm taking Mister Ed. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's right. The talking horse from Mister Ed will be my pet. Perhaps he'll be... I mean, I assume the actual horse from Mr. Ed is long gone. <laughs> yeah, I would think but so. But we'll going to substitute Mr. Ed, and perhaps he's um, like a, like payment to the catering company, so then um, Lucille and Selena bring him home, and they're just honestly just insulting this horse all the time. <laughs> this is a podcast that is very anti-horse, and I want my <laughs> television show to also be anti-horse, just like insulting him like... You're supposed to be a talking horse. You never say a word. Because Mr. Ed only talks to Wilbur, mm. we'll have a lot of shenanigans. Where is he going to live? I have no idea. How does he get there? I have no idea. But if you give me a talking horse, it's better than any other horse out there. Okay. Okay. Mr. Ed gets selected. He is Mr. Irrelevant, as you said. So let's recap our sitcom squads here. And if you can, I mean, you got to sort of do it on the fly here. But if you have a have a title a name for your show in mind throw it out there or maybe even like whatever the plot or something or where you see your shows is headed um 
JD, why don't you go first? Because you were first overall in the lead category, uh, lead character category. What is your all sitcom squad? My all sitcom squad. I have as lead character David Brent from across the pond. We have as his quirky friend and partner in this case Joe Carmichael from the Carmichael Show. It is set in the uh, 12th Precinct Detective Squad room in Greenwich Village, New York City. Uh, And the NBA player cameo that you will enjoy is Amari Stoudemire. He will be playing himself, but as a diamond salesperson from the Diamond District. And the uh, pet or animal that I have on my show will be the WKRP turkeys who plummet to their death out of a helicopter on Thanksgiving. The show will be called, it'll be set in the same uh, universe as Brooklyn Nine-Nine, so I'm just going to call it Manhattan 12, the 12th precinct in Manhattan, and we're going to do Brooklyn Nine-Nine the way I want it to be done, which is in the station alone. Wow. Okay. I love it. I love it. Way to talk that out there. Okay, so that is JD's All Sitcom Squad. Tass, take us through yours. The title of my show is going to be called Bury Me Alive. It's going to be led by Larry David, teaming up with his quirky sidekick, Kramer, on the set of Married with Children, selling some shoes, of course. My NBA cameo is Malcolm Brogdon coming in to save the day in that shoe store and making things all better. And my animal is going to be Eddie from Frasier. As these two guys, Larry and Kramer, navigate their lives together, It's a bit of a, oh, we're down on our luck type of uh, feel, but of course they can make that hilarious. (laughs) Love it. Love it. Lee, take us through your team. The lead character is the Southern Belle, Blanche Devereaux. The quirky friend is Leon Black from Curb Your Enthusiasm. This is going to be set in a city that has a lot of crazy, funny places and people. It's in New York City. The NBA player cameo will be Dikembe Mutombo, who will be a current member of the uh, New Jersey or the Brooklyn Nets, and he'll make frequent uh, stops in the show, including all all the storylines will be including uh, Dikembe and his quirkiness. And the pet will be Santa's little helper. Exactly who owns that pet? No one really knows. That's one of the that's one of the things about the show. No one knows if it's owned by Blanche or Leon or even Dikembe, but Santa's little helper just keeps on turning up. <laughs> Yes, your show, as we pointed out, is going to cost a lot more to make because you have to animate in the dog. And and as far as the name, mm, it's going to be set in New York City, so I'm going to call it the Golden City. Eh, I don't know about that one, but that's what I'm going with. (laughs) Okay, okay, the Golden City. Uh, Trey, take us through your all-sitcom squad. All right, my show is called Jessica and Julia. It stars Julia Louis-Dreyfus as Selena Meyer. Uh, Jessica Walter as Lucille Bluth. It's set at a catering business, so we're going from party to party providing food for all kinds of people, including Blake Griffin of the Detroit Pistons, who probably still has a house in L.A. That's how we're going to get over to his house, and at some point, the girls are going to pick up Mr. Ed as payment for one of their parties, and then they're just going to Honestly, talk horse to that horse (laughs) for the remainder of the season. We didn't want a horse. Why are you even here? You can't even talk. That's my show. Okay. My show, I'm going to call it uh, Principal Ash. A-S-H. But that'll come into play because everybody will think that he's actually Principal Ass. And Michael Bluth (laughs) will be that principal. So there will be a lot of hijinks with just his name being... Mr. Ash, Principal Ash, but everybody will joke that it's Ass. Uh, the quirky sidekick 
is Elaine from Seinfeld. She will likely be um, either another administrator or some sort of teacher in the school because my set and location, it is Saved by the Bell, so it's going to be happening uh, within the hallways of Bayside. Though we get the Max Diner, and uh, as I said, in seasons maybe three or four, we'll have some sort of uh, storyline that happens uh, at the country club or uh, where they play some volleyball, no doubt. My NBA player cameo, it's going to be Boban Marjanovic. He will be, um, as I said, sort of a foreign exchange student. That is, maybe either he goes to Bayside or maybe he is a, you know, a rival high school that plays the team uh, at all the sports, be it basketball or volleyball or something like that. And my pet, it's going to be Buck from Married with Children, which is going to be hilarious because we're going to hear what he's always thinking about all these other characters like Michael Bluth, Principal Ash, and Elaine and all that um, because he is uh, he's just a horn dog and he's always got uh, thoughts on people and just basically rips on the humans. But he likely will be formed into sort of the school mascot. But Principal Ash is the name <laughs> of my sitcom. So there it is. Well done, gentlemen. Now, look, we left so many you know, out there on the board still. Um, was anyone shocked by maybe a, a particular thing that didn't get selected or even a show that didn't get touched? Trey, was there anything that comes to mind? Like, I guess Friends didn't get selected at all. Yeah, no Friends. Um, I wouldn't have been shocked if Will Smith was chosen as a lead character. Yeah. And yeah. no Costanza, I think, was a big one. We got Kramer and Elaine uh, as quirky friends, but no Costanza. Yeah, no, that's true. I, I really did. It was down to Michael Bluth from Arrested Development and uh, and Will Smith uh, for me. But I, I did go with the more the just a classic straight man. But yeah, Will Smith could be a funny principal too. Um, yeah, so there's a lot left out there. You guys got to tell us who had the best draft here. Uh, who has the best all sitcom squad? And better yet, you know, who and what would you have drafted to make your team? I guess it was a really fun recommendation from No Dunks fan Bryn. So thank you so much. Keep your ideas coming. And uh, tweet all this in. Hashtag no dunks or at no dunks inc. Everybody feeling pretty good about their uh, sitcoms? Do we just like stop recording now and start writing uh, Start writing our scripts that we yeah, can send to Matty yeah. O and he can uh, maybe <laughs> help edit us? Yeah. I'm just going to sit by the phone and wait for Hollywood to call. <laughs> all right, guys. Well, thank you so much for listening. Uh, we'll talk to you with Beach Steppin' on Wednesday.